0: a young boy who went with his parents touring around Europe one summer. And part of the tour included visits to great old cathedrals. How many have ever been to a cathedral or church that's very old and you see, uh, you know, you see these uh, fixtures, the way they're made. It's unlike anything that are made. You know, this room is beautiful. Amen. It's a nice room, but it's not like it was, you know, it's not built like those. You know, those, those buildings in the 1500s, 1600s. My wife and I got the privilege of touring in Europe, uh, different places in Europe uh, uh, last, last year and the year before. Uh, no, not last year. Two years ago, uh, before the pandemic had hit, we got a chance to go to Belgium. We got a chance to go to Paris. We got a ch- chance to go to Rome and some of these other amazing places. And getting a chance to go there really opened my eyes to some of the beautiful architecture, especially found in churches. Well, we saw similar views like this, where there would be uh, stained glass windows. And this little boy that he had visited Europe, he saw these, these cathedral after cathedral, and he was impressed by the massive stained glass portraits and the, the disciples that were pers- uh, personified in those images. And uh, then the light shined through those stained glass windows, lighting the place up in all kinds of colors. Well... Upon returning home he had asked he was asked by his Sunday school teacher where he was he said i was traveling and she said tell me more and she and he began to tell her and he said she said what was your favorite part of the tour while you were away and the kid turns around and he looks at her he goes you know i love the awe of the huge stained glass windows of the images of the saints And so the teacher took that moment and said, well, then what is a saint? The kid thought for a moment, stepped back and said, you know, a saint is a person that the light shines through. A saint is a person that the light shines through. That says something special, doesn't it? Well, you kind of take it in two different ways, right? He's referring to the stained glass saints. But isn't it true still that a saint is someone that lets the light shine through? That lets the glory of God shine through their lives? Isn't a saint truly the ones, not so much those that are perfect, because we look at saints as people that are perfect, right? But there's not a single saint in the Bible. Have you found one that is perfect? Outside of Jesus Christ, has anyone seen anyone that is perfect? In fact, the hall of fame, or in this case, Hebrews 11 calls it the hall of faith, right? The hall of faith is full of people that were imperfect, but their light shined through. And so I want to talk to you here today a little bit about a saint shining in a different way. So this begs the question here, my brother, my sister, how is it that we begin to uncover the hidden Kingdom secrets. So I want to talk to you about uncovering the hidden things. How do we uncover the hidden things of God? And in that, I wanted to look at Psalm 98. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Psalm 98 right now. Psalm 98. This is an amazing psalm. And, and and we don't always hear sermons on the Psalms, is that right? We don't always hear sermons. Or we we hear a reference to a Psalm, and we we hear. But this Psalm, the first dozen verses or so, are absolutely captivating. As I read through this, and I begin to look at it piece by piece, dissecting it little by little, I'm asking you to turn to. Uh, Psalm 98, because I want you to see it with your own eyes. I want to talk about uncovering the hidden things. See, when we search the scriptures, we are confronted with the reality of the holiness of God. Is that right? The holiness of God. It separates the Bible from every other book ever written. It separates us from every other person as well those who call themselves believers, those who call themselves followers of God, this book separates us from the world. Is that right? Come on, don't get quiet on me. This book separates us. There's a division that has to happen. There's a division that should not happen within the church, right? But there's a division that has to happen. And that division has to happen where we separate ourselves from the world. Because the ones that are in the world cannot see the hidden things that God has. The ones in the world cannot see what God has laid out. They cannot see. Why? Because the light doesn't shine through. Saints are people that allow the light to shine through. And what else brings things to the surface than light? What else brings out the things that are hidden more than light? And that light that shines is the light of Jesus Christ in our lives. So, there are people that I talk to from time to time. That say, I haven't heard God in this thing in my life. And I haven't heard God in this area. Now, in the, let me just do a poll real quick. Because I'm all about polls. Are you ready? How many of you in this room have felt in your life. There are times where you said, I haven't heard an answer from God regarding this. Raise your hand if you've ever felt that. Right? That's a pretty good number. That's a pretty good percentage. Many of us in some way, shape or form, we said, I haven't heard God on this. I don't know how to do this because I don't I haven't heard from God on this. But I, I want to talk to you for a moment because I, wanna, I want us to understand something that proximity to God and what he is doing is directly tied to his word, not in our physical state. Like, okay, for instance, like, you can hear God more because you're closer to the altar, like proximity-wise. But you know what can cause you to hear from God more? Proximity away from other things. <laughs> Is that right? So, so, so it's not always how close I am to the things of God, the holiness of God. See, because there are people that have better Bibles than this Bible, but they've never cracked it open this is a this is a basic thin line I use this every almost every single where I preach this is my preaching Bible I have this and then I have study bibles and other things it doesn't matter which bible you have in your hand if you don't read it it doesn't matter which one you have you can have the best of the best thousand dollar nineteen you know, 1742, 1400s Bible. this is the very fir- this is the second version of the King James Bible ever. But if you don't read it, it doesn't matter. King James could have wrote in it himself, and it won't matter. unless you read it. why? Because the hidden things are found among the people that are close to him. Not in proximity physically, but in proximity regarding your heart. So hidden things are revealed oftentimes by our, our heart. And that still small voice allows us to hear what God has for us. Is that right? Because we often look for God in the thunder, right? Because God is big, so of course the noise he makes must be big. How many know of a little child that makes big noise? Anybody know of a little child that makes big noise? I see some parents like, Pastor Tony, don't you know? You met my children, Pastor Tony? In the same manner, can I tell you we have a big God that speaks in a still, small voice? Let's not be foolish in thought that in some way God doesn't have secrets. Because God does have secrets. But they were, he will reveal hidden things to you. So look with me in Deuteronomy for a moment. You can keep a, keep a note, maybe keep a, a something in, you know marked where we're at in that Psalm 98, because I'll get to that in a minute. But Deuteronomy 29, 29, you can even look up at the screen here. The Lord God has secrets. Come on, somebody. Amen. Some of you are like, whew, I thought I was the only one. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them. Did you hear that? You're not accountable for the secrets that God keeps. But watch this. But we, but we and our children are accountable oh. forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. Somebody say, uh oh. We don't like the word accountable because it means that we have to answer to someone. Is that biblical, Pastor Tony? Oh, yes, it's very biblical. And it's very here, isn't it? Deuteronomy 29 29, God has secrets and you're not accountable for those. But then again, there are some things He has revealed and you are accountable to those. So that we may obey what? All the terms of these instructions. In other words, God has laid out instruction after instruction after instruction and we're accountable to those instructions. We're accountable to what he's said to do. We often don't want to be accountable but that doesn't mean that you're not going to be held accountable whether you want to or not. Right? I can step off the ledge of a 50 story building and say, I don't want to be accountable to gravity. Guess what? The moment I step off that building, I will be accountable to gravity. Hello? It is no different with God. You will be. We will be. Not in corporate. Not in corporate. God will not say, okay, freedom life, front and center. Let's talk. Let's see if we're going to send you all to heaven or if you're all going to go to hell. Let's just go ahead and figure it out. No, 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 no. Everybody individually will stand before God and give an account for the things that he has revealed to you and what you did with them. Listen, look at me. There are churches that won't say what I'm telling you right now because they just want people to feel comfortable. No, I want you to be saved. If it means either being comfortable or being saved, I will choose saved 10 out of 10. Because God is more concerned with your soul than he is your comfort. So I'm here to tell you this, plain and simple, as your pastor. Pastor is Pastor's Appreciation Month. You're putting things in danger when you say things like that. I was thinking about a gift card, but not so much now. I can give a rip if your soul is not right with God. If your heart is not right with God. If God has revealed hidden things to you and you back off because it's too hard, too hard. It's too difficult. You've done a lot of difficult things in your life. You've done so many difficult things in your life. Guess what? You're still here. You're still alive. God still loves you and you still have purpose. You've gone through difficult things, and 100% of the things that you went through, you survived it. So why not this? Come on, somebody. I thought I'd get more amens than that. Some of you are still dealing with the former. (laughs) Pastor Tony, easy. Don't step on my toes. No, 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 no. God has secrets. God has secrets, and he will not reveal some of those before our day is over. But there's going to come a day where all will be known. We'll stand before him and everything we've ever wanted to know will be known. The question is not whether you're accountable to the things that are hidden. The question is, what are you doing with the things that have been revealed? God has revealed to you that you are a sinner, saved by grace, and now you are made worthy. Worthy made worthy amen so what's interesting about this passage is that god considers secrets like god has secrets there are things about him he will not reveal there's some things he will keep about himself is that important if it was for you he would have given it to you hello that and you say well pastor is that right let me ask you parents have you told your kids everything you've ever done Some of you are like, oh, well, that's a good point. God has certain things that he will keep to himself. Because you're not ready for it, or he doesn't want you to know. That's for his sovereign self to understand. But here's what I do understand. The hidden things that people of this world will never, ever know, because either they neither know him or know his word. They neither seek him nor seek his will. They neither pursue him nor pursue his holiness. That's what separates us from the world. Us and the world. We have to pursue him. And he, in turn, reveals his hidden things. How many of you are excited about hidden things? When you... Get to know God. Can I tell you something? The more you get to know God, the more he reveals. And when you get revelation, you get something from the Holy Spirit. It's an exciting moment. How many of have ever read something in the scriptures? Look at me. How many have ever read something from the scriptures? And you said, wow, I've read that scripture before a hundred times. And I've never seen it before. Raise your hand if that's you. Come on, put a thumbs up online if that's you. You've ever read something and you're like, I've read this a hundred times. And all of a sudden it makes sense. Right? Revelation, God reveals something that was hidden and it was revealed to you in the perfect time. Why? Because he can't reveal everything at once. Your mind would explode. You, You blow up like your mind. God is too holy. So let me share this with you in today's text. Psalm 98. Let's look at this for a moment. Can we look at this together? Psalm 98. There are certain things that the people of God must do to uncover hidden things. Number one. Number one, let's look at verses 1 through 3 in Psalm 78. The first thing we got to do is hear God. Everybody say hear God. 78. Why did I say? I didn't say 98, did I? It was a hidden thing. I just want to make sure you had your Bibles. No, that was an error. Nine, sorry, 78. (laughs) 7, 8. If you turn to 98, make a hard left. 20 chapters. Number one. All imperfect. You see this? All imperfect. The first thing we need to do in order to reveal hidden things... Is to hear God. Here's what Psalm 78 says, <laughs> verses 1 through 3. See? 78. 78. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. This is, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, so it may be a little different. But look up at your screen if yours is a little different. Open your ears to what I am saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you, watch this, hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. Stop there for a moment. I want to go verse by verse a little bit here in Psalm 78. Now, uh, I don't want to try to make it sound like we're going to go like exhaustive. I'm not going to cover every single thing. But I do want to look at the first three verses and I want us to understand that in order to uncover certain truths and hidden things, I have to deliberately hear God. And God even says it here in verse 1. Listen to my instructions, open your ears. Listen to my instruction, open your ears. To what? To the world? To the politicians, to authorities above you, ah, to what I am saying, to what God is saying. Because if there is a conflict between what the authorities above you are saying and what God is saying, you need to choose who you will listen to then. Render to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God. What is Jesus saying there? There There's certain things that don't matter to me. Let the earth take the earth's things. But for me, there are certain things that God has that are far exceedingly abundantly above all those things. And that's the word of God. So we have to be very clear. And even in the New Testament, we look in in the book of Acts where the apostles when they were preaching and teaching and they would say things like... Who am I supposed to obey? God or man? You're telling me stop preaching but God is telling me preach. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, there's nothing hidden there. It's very clear in the scriptures. Right? The clarity is in the scriptures. Here it is. Obey God over man 100% of the time. And I'm talking about everything. Comply with God. Over man. Hello? Man makes mandates. God makes commands. Man makes mandates. God makes commands. And his command is simple. Love God, love people, and thereby change the world. What is God looking for? God is looking for people to be intentional about pursuing him. I say intentional because in all things we should be intentional about following him. In this day and age, it seems as though it's almost a rare thing to chase God and be intentional with God, right? God has no intention on keeping all things involving his will from you. But there are certain things he will not tell you right away because if you knew them, you would do them too early and mess the whole thing up. There are certain things I don't tell my children until they get of age to do so. To understand what that means. You know what I'm saying as a parent? You know there's certain things that you won't tell your kids. Until they're ready to hear it. And there are things that your heavenly father has kept from you. Until you're mature enough. To digest it. We must tell the next generation as well. Hello? We must tell the next generation to hear from God. So here's what Psalm 145 said. And and, and stay right where you are in your your book. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. I will exalt you my God and my King. And praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each, watch this. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Your implementation of God's word in your daily walk will directly affect your children, parents. What you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. If I say it's okay to not have to read the Bible. Oh, you know, you read the Bible once this week. That's good. You read the Bible or you went to church once this month. That's good. Guess what? What you do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. Your kids will push the boundaries. What you decide is okay to listen to, watch this. What you decide is okay to watch, your children will do in excess. Listen, I, I know. Almost every single show that I like to watch has now implemented things that are unbiblical. Has anyone seen that lately? They've pushed the agenda, two mommies, two daddies. They pushed the agenda of this being okay in God's eyes. They pushed the agenda that, hey, living together is all right. They pushed the agenda of this, that, and the other. Can I tell you something? That's not okay with God. It's not right with God. They pushed all these things to the front saying, these are okay. It's all right. It's okay. And God is saying, no, it's not okay. You got to hear God on that. And anybody that can, that can you know, say the otherwise, you're missing it. You're missing God there. So here's what I'm saying. Not only should we hear from God. Everybody say, hear God. Hear God. We got to teach, teach God. Right? So teaching God. Let's look at verse 4. So we look at verse 4. We will not hide these truths from our children. Come on, say it with me. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and mighty acts, excuse me, mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. Verse 5, he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Are you with me? Even the children not yet born. Are you seeing this? We got to pass down what God has done. We got to pass down the glory and the things of God. So the next generation might know them. Verse 6. Even the children that are not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew. On what? On what? God. Not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like Their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Now listen, this psalmist is writing about, and oftentimes it's paralleled with, what happened as the Israelites left Egypt. Okay? So this psalm wasn't just a random psalm somebody wrote. This is in direct reflection of what happened with the Israelites leaving Egypt. So the Israelites leaving Egypt had kind of was the, the propeller for writing Psalm 98 and the propeller said this, we have to be careful not to let this generation lose what God has said because of the rebellious generation before we have to make sure we preserve God's word so that everyone would follow. Are you with me? You with me? So I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a growing trend on uh, on uh, on social media now. Response videos. How many have ever seen this? Response videos. Like they'll show a video and there was kind of like split screen and someone giving a response. Their visual as they're watching it either for the very first time or, uh, you know, they're watching it and they're kind of giving you the play-by-play on this. It's a response thing. Multi, You know, social media is very funny like that. There's things that just kind of get trendy. Now the big thing is response videos. Now it's like this guy, you know, he's riding a bike and he crashes and, you know, and he flies over the fence or whatever. And, you know, and, and they got response videos, right? They got people on the side there <gasps> watching this and they're laughing or whatever. And that's their response to the video. So that's what the response videos are. This Psalm 78 is a response to the Egyptian, uh, at the exodus from Egypt by the Israelites. And so, this exodus, so to speak, right, from, it, from, uh, from Egypt, this is what the psalmist is saying. We have to be careful not to let our children forget, like some of those people had forgotten, how faithful God has been. Now, if I did a show of hands, I think some of us will realize, we've all fallen short, and we've all have forgotten who God is sometimes, right? But our kids cannot Exodus chapter 10, verses 1 through 2. Then the Lord said to Moses, return to Pharaoh. Make your demands again. I've made him and his officials stubborn so that I can display my miraculous signs among them. I've also done so, so you can tell your children and grandchildren about how I made a mockery of the Egyptians. Now understand something. Let me stop for a moment. Egypt and Pharaoh were the superpower of the world. They were the superpower. And as as powerful as they were, and as powerful as Pharaoh was, he was so cocky, so cocky. He says, I made a mockery of the people who think they're powerful. And so I'm going to put this on display. God cared about what we teach our children. And he says, this man that I made a mockery of, Let all the children know that it is the God of the universe that did this. Let them know because some of them have forgotten. Another great passage, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through through 9. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them. Say this with me. Repeat Repeat them again and again to your children. Now say this. Talk about them. When you are at home, when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands. And wear them on your forehead. And and as reminders, last one, write them on your doorposts of your house and your gates. So I, I created this slide. I wanted you guys to see this. I need you to see what God said. These are the things that allow us To engage into the hidden things. The more we do these things, the more it puts us in a position to hear from heaven about the hidden things. Repeat them. Talk about them. Tie them. Wear them. Come on, somebody. Faith wear. I don't know about you guys, but I've been really rocking faith wear lately. I've been really trying to get faith wear. I've been trying to get some things that, 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 that really define what I believe. Now, let me tell you why. Two reasons. Number one, I want to support companies that, that, that put Jesus first. Right? So, I have sweatshirts and sweaters, shirts and t-shirts and hats or whatever you call it. wear, right? These are things of God. Versus just paying 300% over market, right? For Nike, Reebok and these things. Now, I'll, I'll wear those things. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to wear those things from time to time. But you know what the second thing faith wear does? It keeps me accountable if I go somewhere. Come on, if you rock in your Freedom Life church sweatshirt or shirt or any sort of faith wear, right? You're going to second guess how you react and how you act with people. At least I hope you do. If you're not going to leave a good tip, cover up Freedom Life church. You hear me? Be like, yes, I'm from uh, this other church. No, no, don't say that. But you hear what I'm saying, right? You are representative of whatever it is that you wear in a lot of ways. And so when when I have my Freedom Life shirt, it keeps me in check because I can't just say whatever I want. Not that I do, but when someone cuts you off, you want to tell them what you think. If someone does something wrong to you, you want to kind of put them in their place. It's natural, but that's we don't live in the natural, right? We live in a, a realm above the natural, the supernatural. Believing God to do great things in other people's lives. So when people do things on this earth, we got to be careful because we represent something bigger than ourselves. Is that right? All right. So third thing. Actually, I got one more slide. And I love this slide, this thought right here. If you leave your children in a world where you never stood up, they'll live in a world where they can't. Now, that's a very important statement in this world we live in right now. Some of you are dealing with very important principles you have to stand on right now. Can I tell you something? Make sure it's biblical. And decide once and for all what you're going to do. If you you flip-flop, No one's going to believe you. Stand for something and do it, no matter what. If you're going to stand for God, stand for God, period. That's it. But don't change gears to appease this person. And then when you're over here, don't change gears to appease that person. Because guess what? Sooner or later, they're going to find out and they're going to both not like your your stance. And then you're going to try to, you're trying to still figure out what you believe in, what you stand for. So here's what I want to say. Stand up for something and leave your children in a world where they can stand up for themselves one day. Amen? That's a very important statement. I can't give you that enough. Right there, this, 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 will, this will rock my world. Right here. Third thought. Keep up with God. Keep up or keep with God. And I'm going to read you two verses. Here it is. Verses 11 and 12. They forgot what he had done the great wonders he had shown them, the miracles he did for their ancestors in the plain of Zoan in the land of Egypt. Look at me. There are people that will fall away from the faith right now. This is getting too hot, too spicy for a few people. We're living in a world that's now beginning to call you out for what you believe. You really believe it? Now you're going to be tested. You thought you were being tested a year or two ago? You thought you were being tested during the pandemic? No, 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 my friend. It's only going to get harder. It's only going to get stronger. It's only going to become more fierce. Now, church, look at me. Church of Jesus Christ, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you believers. Now is the time we have to stand firm on what we believe and why we believe it. If you don't, If you don't, something's going to take place that you don't like. And it's going to be too late to stand then. Israel forgot who their God was. And they started turning more worldly and more worldly as time went on. Friends, remember where God brought you from. But don't you ever... Ever take that as the only place you live. You don't live in nostalgia. You live in promise. So you can remember where God has brought you from. But you don't live there. You just recall it. Now. You live in now. And now's the time to rise up church. And stop believing something bigger than yourself. That's why we have life groups. That's why we're committed to this fellowship. That's why we need to come out of our homes. We need to be a part of fellowship. Because one, it's an, enough is enough, church. And I'm talking to everybody, whether you're online, whether you're here, whether you're in the foyer, wherever you are, whether you're on a podcast, it's time to get out of our homes and start committing ourselves to the work of God. Get back to church, get back to the world and start telling them who Jesus is. Because when Jesus comes back, he's not going to give excuses. He's going to say, what did you do with the things I revealed to you? Hello? Hello? God is looking for a remnant that are willing to step up now. That has said, I, I, I've, I've heard from heaven. No longer will I wait for the world to give me permission to follow you. I will follow you. I will follow your word. Because you have been faithful. In a world that cancels people who oppose their, their, their views, God has not denied sovereignty or his person. And you can't cancel God. Cancel culture has done everything they can to cancel anything that opposes their view. I'm telling you today, you can't cancel God. You can't cancel God. He reigns forever and ever and ever. He reigns. That's who he is. He's a reigner and sustainer of those who believe him for truth. So I'm telling you. He is all powerful and he is Lord and no one's going to cancel him. And you think they can cancel you? They can't. They can they shame you. They can try to take away your job. They can try to tell you certain things so you can comply. Can I tell you something? You need to stand firm on what you believe in, who you believe in. Because we're living in a world that's going to tell you if you, don't believe, if you don't believe what they believe, they're going to try to cancel you. But guess what? I don't have to believe what you believe if you don't believe this. I'm telling you, it's at your doorstep, church. It's at our, our doorstep. They're not going to like your, your Bible, your God, your church, your pastor. That's okay if they don't like me. It's not the first, no, be the last. But this word right here, is a lamp unto our feet to reveal the hidden steps that I'm supposed to take. It's a light unto my path so I can walk right before him. Amen? Amen. Can you guys give me two more minutes? Can I share with you a few more things before we go into this? Here we go. So watch what I'm talking about because I'm going to continue this even into next week. I feel strongly that uncovering the hidden things is is what God is kind of bringing us to. You know, I had a series lined up for these next several weeks. and Oh, this is going to be the October series. And God said, I want to uncover hidden things. And I said, okay, God, it's your church. You just gave me a clipboard and a whistle. I'll do it. That's it. I make a few decisions. That's all. It is his church. Amen. And so what we want to do is we want to uncover hidden things. So here's what I'm going to say. Because I think there's a lot more to be said here. But in this text, we look at this. I just read this, right? Dear brothers and sisters. Look at, look it up. Look at verse uh, Romans chapter 10 verses 1 and 2. Dear brothers and sisters. The longing of my heart and my prayer is God is um, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. Now I need us to understand something. There's such thing as having the first thing that stands out to me in this text here is that there's such thing as misdirected zeal. That means you could be passionate about something that doesn't matter. You could be passionate about something that doesn't have eternal value. You could be passionate about things that, while it's good, it's not God. You can have misdirected zeal. And here, very clearly, Paul was talking to the church in Rome and he says to them this I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. There are some people, watch this, that will go to church. But their passion and their zeal is not for the things of God. They see things differently. They see it as a thing, as a part of my life. Not as the theme of my heart. When you see God as a part of your life. You will be limited from the hidden things. Look at me. I need you to hear me. When you see God as a part of your life, there are certain things you will never see. Why? Because He shouldn't be a part of your life. He should be the reason you exist. And there's a sharp contrast between having God be a part of your life and he be the reason why you're still breathing. The reason why you live. The reason why you sing. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that the more closer you get to God, the more you make him not just a part of your life. The reason for your life. Light shines through in ways that will reveal dark areas in your life. When we become open to God, the light of God in our heart begins to open and show those hidden crevices in your life, dark corners. May I say dark corners? Pastor Tony, I don't have dark corners. We all have dark corners. That's why we still in this thing called faith. So those dark corners are revealed the more light we let in. Because saints, what? Let light in, right? They let light shine in, let light shine through. So here's what I'm learning. Watch this. The word zeal in the Greek meant boil in the spirit. The word zeal means in the Greek, boil in the spirit. What does that mean? To burn with desire. So when it talks about a zeal... For God, it's talking about a boiling, a a fervent fire that is is within us, that causes us to want to know him. So let me ask you, do you have a zeal for God or just an appeal to go to church? Do you have a zeal for God or are you just checking off a box, doing your spiritual duty? I encourage you and I challenge you today, church. Let's see the hidden things. Come on, somebody. Let's desire to see the hidden things of God like we've never seen it before. Amen? Amen. Amen. I need the media team just to play something soft. And I want to talk to you guys. One more thing right here. Revelation. No, excuse me. Romans. Never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Romans 12, 11. One more verse. Hebrews 11, 6 says this. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seeks him. Why does, why does the word reward have to show up here? Because somehow we think that God only wants us to follow him so that he could feel better about himself. <laughs> As if somehow my praise makes God feel better. Um, I think our praise helps us to understand ourselves better. Because when you know whose you are, you'll start to develop to know who you are. And our praise to God actually reveals us more than anything else. God reveals himself when you praise him. But the more and more we praise, the more and more ourselves get revealed. Because God reveals himself as you praise him. But then as he reveals himself, we ourselves are revealed. And it's almost like a constant unfolding. Are you you hearing what I'm saying? The more and more we praise God, the more he reveals himself. The more he reveals himself, the more we see ourselves in light of the holiness of God. And that way we turn and we say, God, I am not worthy of this. That's why the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Are you hearing this? This is good stuff. So let me ask you this. Everyone stand to your feet for a moment. I need us to understand something. Real still, for just a moment, if you can, if you're able to stand to your feet, please do. If not, just sit right where you're at. And I want you to hear something that I need you to understand. See, Noah wasn't called to fight a giant. Just like David wasn't called to build an ark. Solomon wasn't called to prophesy. Just like Moses wasn't called to a prison. Ruth wasn't called to go before the king. Just like Esther wasn't called to carry the Messiah. Abraham wasn't called to wrestle with an angel. Joseph wasn't called to sacrifice his son. Elijah wasn't called to be a shepherd. And Peter wasn't called to preach to the Gentiles. Everybody had their calling. Because when you get close to God, His light shines and opens up areas of your life you've never seen before. Thereby thereby unfolding and uncovering your call in your life. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about do what you are called to do. I'm talking about realizing that God is uncovering you so you could be the best you possible. Go where you're called to go. Speak where you're called to speak. Walk where you're called to walk. Give what you're called to give. Sing what you're called to sing and dance how you're called to dance. Pray how you're called to pray. Reach who you're called to reach. Train who you're called to train. Seek who you're called to see. And by my goodness... Whatever you do, be you, the you God called you to be. And at the end of the day, God is saying, arise and answer. Arise and answer. Because the more light that comes in and shines in our life, the more and more shine goes out to the rest of the world so that they can find out who this God is that we talk about is. Amen. How many are grateful for that? I've taken your time, but hear me. If you're here this morning, I want to pray a prayer around the altar with those who who decided, I want light to shine through me. And in these next few Sundays, as we uncover these hidden things, I, I, I don't fully know. Can I be honest with you? I don't fully know where this series is going altogether, but I know he wants us to uncover some things. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I, I strongly believe that God wants to reveal his person to you. So if you say, I, I want God to reveal himself to me, I want you to slide up out of your seat and just join me right here around each altar and we're going to pray. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just slide up out of your seat, say, God, I, wanna, I want you to reveal the hidden things to me. Come, come. Bring your babies, bring your husband, bring your spouse, bring your whoever, just bring them. Just come here. As close as you can. There's a lot of people coming. There's a lot of people coming. Everyone look at me for a moment before we pray. And I I wrote down something that I needed you to hear before we pray. And this is the benefits. This is what I love about being a pastor. When I get to stop and talk with you guys, come closer guys, come closer. I want to get as many people as close as possible. Here we go. Uh, um, When we answer God's call, we have to understand something. Watch this. You are unique in your purpose. When you draw near, God will reveal himself in ways that he only wants to reveal to you. So when people don't understand your calling, don't worry about that. Because it's not their calling or God would have told them. Don't wait for them to accept your calling. Many people won't. They won't agree, they won't like, they won't support. There'll be people, people you love. And it's not that they want to be mean. Or it's not that they don't love you. They just don't see it. And there are things that I as a father have seen that I told my kids some of you have been here before. Some of you have had kids. Now you have grandkids. You know what I'm talking about, right? You, you, you've seen something and you tell your kids and they're like, no way. That didn't happen. You're like, yes, it happened. And I saw it with my own eyes. This happened. Really? And a lot of times the kids are like, you got a video of that? Like, no. <laughs> it's not videos of everything. YouTube wasn't around all the time. <laughs> right? But you got... You say, I saw it with my own eyes. I'm telling you, and they won't believe it. Why? Because they didn't see it with their own eyes. In the same manner, when God calls you to do something, they didn't see it with their own eyes or hear it with their own ears. But you did. That's all that matters. And at this point, it's about saying, God, I want to be faithful to the little so that you can give me charge over much. Are you hearing me? Drawing near to God is not moving from one place to another. That's a shallow view of God. I don't want shallow believers. I want deep believers. So let's move out of the way, little wading pool. And let's go to deep waters. And what God is looking for is, is for us to understand. That drawing near to him will reveal hidden things. And we have to be ready to... To hear what we're about to hear. Some of it may step on toes a little bit. But my call was not to protect your toes. My call was to protect your soul. So as your pastor, I will step on toes. But understand, I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm trying to stomp the enemy out of your life. Hello? Thank you. And sometimes I stomp and it hurts a little. But I'd rather go to he- I'd rather go to heaven with seven toes <laughs> than go to hell with ten. Amen. Right, pastor. That's, right. that's, that's the second time you said hell this service. That's how you know it's good. That's how you know it's good. You hear my heart though. God doesn't want to hide all the hidden things, but there are certain things that you're not ready for. That God says, are you willing to be ready for? How many are ready to be willing? Amen. You say, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm ready to be willing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Let, let me decide what's the difference. Ready or ready to be willing? I'm ready to be willing. Amen. So come on, lift up your hands all across this room. Father, here we are. Ready to be willing to hear from heaven. Uncover God. The hidden things. We're so tired of hearing about revivals and awakenings. We want to experience your presence in a deeper way. But it means me diving deeper. So God, I pray, help me to get out of my comfort zone and get into the God zone. Where it's not some weird, creepy, over-spiritualized thing. It's just saying, yes, I want to spend time with you. Sometimes even quietly. Let it be so, oh God. Let it be so. In the name of Jesus, reveal the hidden things. Come on, pray this prayer with me right now. Repeat it after me. Everyone who's willing, say this prayer with me. Say Jesus. I want to see the hidden things. I want to hear the hidden secrets of following you. Some are obvious. Some are hidden. hidden. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, here I am. am. Speak to me. me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Reveal the hidden things, oh God, to each of us. We want to know more. We want to dive deeper. Help us to never take this for granted. This room, this fellowship, this body. Help us never take for granted the gathering of ourselves together and the value we give to one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Reveal hidden things. In your name I pray.